Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Like I got over the tuck rule, but I still think about the tuck rule. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hey, Tuckheads. Got another tuck rule for you. Uh, at the end of summer break, uh, it's getting even hotter, which is how you know that we are deep into July, and uh, that's how you know the uh, football is... is Soon to come back. Um, I'm Victoria. I say this part of the intro every week. Um, it is 91 degrees uh, heat index temperature right now in sunny, beautiful Buffalo, New York. I am joined, as always, by my darling co-host, Katie. What's up, Katie? What's up? It feels like 100 fucking degrees outside. Kill me. This air conditioner is working overtime. It's working overtime for yeah, um... overtime. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, we normally try and turn fans off, try and turn the AC off because we don't want background audio for this thing. Yeah. Uh, not today. Yeah, Deal we don't it. give a shit. Nope. Nope. I have, I have, I have three fans pointed at me point blank right now because it's the only way that I'm recording this show in my unair conditioned office. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. You can deal with some background noise, okay? Like. You know, like, it's the first ambiance. couple episodes had a little background noise from my shitty computer, so... You can deal with a little background noise for us. You love us, don't you? Don't you? Uh, it is it is ambiance, and it is a preview for the for the winter episodes of this show, where my radiator <laughs> will just hiss out of nowhere for a minute straight. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, dear. So, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we are kind of out of the dead period of the offseason, um nfl training camp is getting going this week um i believe the raiders have already begun full-on training camp most other teams already have the rookies in town so we got rookie camp going uh and also sec media days is this week which is really how you know (laughs) oh god which is really how you know uh that we are that that a football season is almost upon us um but uh it's it has been about a month uh, since we have recorded one of these for a variety of reasons. Uh, Katie, uh, in the last month, um, how would you say that you've been living your y'all life? <laughs> Down there in SEC country. Oh, Jesus Christ. This song. Um, I, I, I would say that I would say that the lyrics to this song um, are not entirely representational of southern life um especially the part where the music video yes i did watch the music video for this song uh i did too is that is that forest high school like come on now <laughs> like yeah the sec the, uh and the guy's fucking rapping a... like nelly too like come on <laughs> he is like i like i was listening to it like walker hayes is is the very dopey, fancy-like country musician. He seems especially contemptible in a genre full of very lazy artists. Um, <laughs> he has this really, like, lame Nelly flow while he is singing uh-huh. about football and Jesus, Jesus. and living yes. that y'all life. Um, oh. I personally have been living my best y'all life. Uh, I've, I've listened to this song probably at, at least ten times. I don't Victoria, know what are you doing? <laughs> Sometimes I try and listen to bad music in the hopes that I will become normal, um, <laughs> and in this case, didn't work. Um, I am still not living my y'all life. Uh, I'm probably living something like a yin's life, probably oh, more no. like. Um, <laughs> I guess a few football things have happened in the last... Well, you know, we haven't recorded a tuck rule in about a month, but also we haven't really talked about news since the week after the draft. Uh, yeah. You know, offseason it, it was boring. A, yeah, it's a slow time. And leave us alone, damn it. Let us be. Uh, yeah, I guess a few things have happened. Uh, Brent Venable said something funny the other day. 
Oh god, was it Brent about Venab Bedlam? Uh, no. Brent Venables, uh, I'm going to deliver these two sentences out of context. Uh, he is giving a press conference uh, at Big 12 Media Days, which was, I believe, last week or the week before. Yeah, no, last week. So this was July 14th. Uh, out of context, Brent Venables said, uh, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here. <laughs> it gets better. The fire hose is fully inserted it in, in my mouth here. We've been blowing and going. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Oklahoma head coach Brent Venables um, is is given that eating bussy 3000 eating bussy he is uh well here's the thing while he said it he pantomimed holding a fire hose up to his mouth um <laughs> which is pretty tough um, um yeah you know, i did not see that this is, this is what happens when you spend all your time having to write fucking previews about memphis and uab <laughs> That you just constantly missed shit like this? Like, yeah, I was writing an MTSU preview at the time. I didn't see what the head coach of Oklahoma said. Yes, I cover college football, by the way. Oh, dear. MTSU. Uh, we still got a stock still over there? We do have a stock still over there. Ugh. Why? He's been there Gross. for approximately 240 years. Good for him. Um, yeah, so, uh... Well. The only thing I took away from Big 12 Media Days was that Brett Venables has a crazy throat game. Um, oh, also, I guess the other college football thing. This was this was uh, really more of a this was really more of a minor note, uh, kind of not even really worth talking about. Uh, I guess you, I guess USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten. Yeah, um, yeah, not a, a real, big deal at all. Yeah, no real big deal. It's not like it's the death of college football as we know it. It's not like, it's not like that, it's not like that they killed the fucking Golden Goose by taking a sport that built its, uh, that built its identity based on regional rivalries and absolutely tanking it by making it a national super conference-based sport. Um, I, 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 I shudder to think, uh, that Rutgers and USC are conference mates now, which <laughs> just... What the fuck are we doing here? Like, I, making I money. just making yeah, we're making, making so a lot much of money, money. Katie. We're making a lot of money, and eventually we're gonna kill the sport because of it. I mean, it, it just <sighs> regional football is what made college football what it is. Like, that's the thing that gave college football its identity: it's regional rivalries between these uh, regional powers that a lot of pride was invested in that's not the case anymore and it's going to mean that college football eventually dies um it won't die in the short term i mean of course not because the money that they get is going to be absolutely fantastic but do i think in the long term it hurts college football to be essentially a minor league nfl i mean yeah i mean if you look at spring football which is the closest uh which is the closest thing in terms of talent level to, co to college football. I mean, it's not doing all that well. Like, a league is lucky if it lasts a season. And I think college football is heading in that direction, and I don't much like it. It isn't the sport I grew up with. Um, I realize that this makes me an old lady, and I'm fine with being described like that, but I just think that this is going to be the death knell for college football as we know it. And... We're never going to go back to where we were. Maybe no. at the lower levels, but we are never going to go back to a sport that's built on regional rivalries. Like, even Oklahoma and Texas, you can kind of convince yourself, if you squint properly, that those mm -hmm. two schools could be in the SEC. You know, it's the same thing with sure. Nebraska in the Big Ten, Colorado in the Pac-12, Utah in the Pac-12. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten is just... It's stupid. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Okay, that's There's the only thing there. I can say. I, I am just... Uh, God. Yeah, I think I I think we're probably staring down a future in, in which the very top level of college football might not die, but it will at least change so much that it will not really resemble what it once was. Yeah, 
and um, and I don't think that's a good thing. Like I, I've like I'm I'm the girl who wrote an article a few months ago about how we need to kill the college football playoff just because I think it's had such a deleterious effect on the sport. Um, and so that's my opinion on it. it. It's it will be bad for college football in the long term, but very very good for some athletic directors in the short term. Mm-hmm. Very very good for Fox and Disney as they just uh, keep on. Uh. Keep on all that TV money raking right in. Um, yeah. Uh, if I told you ten years ago that the only conference fighting to preserve regionality and badass local rivalry rivalries would be the Sun Belt, what would you say? <laughs> I would say that that makes sense, and also college football has become a dystopian nightmare, much like society as a whole. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> college football folks um yeah i think i think we probably will see regional college football continue it will just be at a sunbelt or lower level yeah yeah it's um, we're not getting top level regional college football again like you can kiss that no. shit goodbye but yeah. yeah we have other things to talk and about like, don't we oh yes yes we will absolutely move on i know uh, that, uh, that conference realignment is, uh, just a horrifying, draining topic, uh, so we will move on. Um, to something much funnier, Katie, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, uh, after... Oh my god. Um, after spending a solid, what was it, oh, four dude. months in... Baker in Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. Purgatory? And that is extremely funny. Baker Mayfield got... <laughs> he got traded to the Panthers for a for a conditional five, um, which is significantly less than Washington just paid for Carson Wentz, who's on a way worse contract. Not even sure what to say about that. Um, I don't understand why the Panthers only have to fork over a five for Baker when they had to trade a second round pick for Sam Darnold. Like, oh I feel like the Baker God. situation, the Baker situation got so weird and. I think we all yeah. knew that by the end that that when the trade ended up happening, it would be for scraps, but goddamn. A conditional five for yeah. a guy who was the number one overall pick like four years ago? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and, and like, my opinion of Baker Mayfield is probably a little bit, um, is probably a little bit counterintuitive, I guess, just because I think, like, he's still got talent. Like, he's still got bundles of talent i think um he's got all the physical tr tools and he's got some mental aspects not much but you know he's got enough to where he's not gonna be sam fucking darnold okay so i think he'll yeah i think this is not the worst trade in the world like it's actually a pretty good trade for carolina um because they get another starting quarterback in matt rule gets to pretend like he's not gonna be fired for another two weeks so yeah hey yeah like um i think it's a pretty good trade for matt rule considering that i'm certain he isn't blind to the fact that he's gonna get fired so you know mm -hmm. maybe 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 you end up getting 2020 baker again or 2018 baker maybe. god forbid um and you know maybe end up with something there uh the panthers have a really funny quarterback room right now <laughs> they've got mayfield darnold uh, we've got P.J. Walker, don't we? Yep, P.J. Walker's still there. And we got Matt Corral. Oh, my God. Just... Yeah, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Yeah, yep, this we one... still got Matt Corral in the building. You've got a bunch of... we got two quarterbacks that are supposed to be swaggy white quarterbacks. And then we've got Sam Darnold, who couldn't exude swag if it meant his life was in jeopardy. <laughs> And then we've got P.J. Walker, the uh, XFL uh, 2020 MVP. So they got decent enough wide receivers. And their offensive line is a lot better. I'll definitely give them that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It might work. It It is it is within the I realm mean, the of NFC, possibility. I mean, the NFC South is going to be a shithole this year for the most part, I think. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Outside of Brady. I mean, we don't really know what to expect out of Todd Bowles. Um, no. No. I do think that the Bucks will probably just end up rolling there, but I mean, yeah, the NFC's weird. They could there there is a future in which Baker Mayfield starts a playoff game for 
uh, the Carolina Panthers. And that's very funny. That should make everyone happy. Uh, also, week one, Panthers and Browns. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. The NFL knew what they were doing there, even though the trade had not yet been completed. I think they were like, hmm, who could end up getting Baker? Just stick them right there week one. You want to answer some questions? I do. I'm, I'm tired already. Like, let, let's let's re-energize me with some fucking questions. Like, bring them on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Katie, why don't you take the first pick out of the question bucket here? Okay. Athena asks, Athena at Shilda Palace, also known as my wife. Um, <laughs> yes, I am doing some nepotism on this show. Um, she asks, how many games will the Falcons win? I'll say three. Um... Man, that seems bad. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the Falcons signed Eddie Goldman, and then like three yeah, days later, yeah, and he then was he like, retired. <laughs> three days later, Eddie Goldman, <laughs> who is twenty-eight, was like, "Eh, maybe I'm good." Um, yeah, things are things are not good. Uh, I'm gonna do the uh, NFL podcast thing, and I'm gonna base all of my analysis on the Our Lads Falcons depth chart that I'm gonna pull up right here. Um, ooh, I forgot they traded for Brian Edwards. How about that? Um, I didn't forget that their quarterback is Marcus Mariota. So that's <laughs> that's not good. That's pretty unfortunate. That's... No. Uh, yeah, this team stinks out loud. They are not good anywhere. Um, hey, they've oof. got AJ Terrell, and that's about in Kyle Pitts, and that's about it. Uh, Desmond yeah. Ritter. Desmond Ritter may be no, no. No. <laughs> Sorry. Desmond Ritter, no. who knows? Um, I think that was probably a fine pick to make. Uh, their running back, Tyler Algier, their rookie guy, I think he's kind of cool, but I don't know how much I think he's good. See. And, yeah, like, I, I like Tyler Algier. Like, I, I like him, but they, they'll probably end up starting Cordell, Cordell Patterson at running back. If they... Yeah. Yeah, other yeah. than that, this team is... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the offensive line still stinks. Yeah, three games sounds fine to me. Uh, I don't know <laughs> offhand. Uh, I don't know offhand what divisions they play are, but like I also thought they'd win three games last year, and they ended up winning seven. So uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and give them five, just enough that they won't be able to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Sorry, bum, Athena. Bum, bum. Sorry, that was mean. Um, Oh, dear. Uh, okay, I'm going to take a pull from the question bucket next. Um, where do I want to go? Uh, okay, I'm going to go right for it. Uh, from Duck Paulson on Twitter. When can we expect the return of the fullback to a position of prominence, and what team will bring it back? And I would say the fullback is already in a position of, of prominence yet again with yeah. the Kyle Shanahan offense sweeping the league. Uh, you got Kyle Juszczyk doing doing all kinds of crazy stuff for the 49ers. Um, so I'll go ahead and say that we're probably already seeing the beginning of the fullback renaissance. I would say that too. At least a little um, bit. Yeah, in college, in college, we've had a lot of power spread offenses kind of proliferate um, in the last few years. And that sort of H-back fullback position has been very much um, oh, yeah. in vogue. And you can see why. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of advantages to getting a guy pretty close to the line of scrimmage to block especially in a run-based attack where you're running an option and you need to protect the quarterback especially on reads like like follows and stuff like that um yeah like i think we're already kind of there like two back sets have become a lot more common not just in college football but the nfl but um, yeah for sure but i you think know, I think there's a way to go still. Like, not every team is running. Like, not every team is going to run, like, the old 2000s NFL offense where you have an eye formation. Definitely not. Like, that's not going to be a thing anymore. But, like, yeah, mm. like, how air raid teams used to run, use, uh, used to use running backs. Like, basically, you run a fullback out there to block for someone, and that's about it. Like, I could see that becoming more in vogue, too. I think if you're waiting for fullbacks to, like, if you're waiting on like the next Mike Allstott, you are waiting for something that will never come. But 
I think, yeah, we're definitely seeing more of these, like, weird hybrid pass-catching running back, H-back, full-back guys. Um, we're definitely seeing more of those guys. Uh, the Bills have a player named Reggie Gilliam, um, who's sort of a combo fullback tight end. When he gets in open field, he just kills dudes, um, which is oh, yeah. very fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think we're in an age of a shiftier, more versatile running back. And also in the NFL, especially the sniffer look where, where yeah. you have the like tight end lined up behind the line of scrimmage in between the guard and tackle kind of, um, not, not technically a fullback look, but like, I think you could see some teams put their fullbacks there for sure. Um, so yeah, fullbacks. How about that? We love them. Um, we love them. Katie, take your pick. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm going to pick Seymour Boobs uh, at all 20 cubes question. Um, which top five quarterback has the most bottom energy and which bottom five quarterback has the most top energy? This you go ahead and answer first. Uh, <laughs> I assume we're taking NFL quarterback, but I guess we could take college quarterbacks, too. Nope, nope. <laughs> we'll do NFL No, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, we'll just do NFL quarterbacks. Um, top five quarterback with the most bottom in. I would say Aaron Rodgers feels like he really likes to be pegged. But okay. I, I can't <laughs> confirm that. Uh, bottom five quarterback. Um, can I list Tyrod Taylor as a top, as a bottom five top, even though. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to list Tyrod Taylor. I feel like Tyrod would be a very generous lover. He's a very <laughs> handsome, kind man. Um, my top five quarterback with the most bottom energy. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take Mahomes. I feel like, I feel like Patrick Mahomes just has a sort of like soft boy vibe to him. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, I do. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is on some sort of like soft femdom subreddit. You know. Um, <laughs> Something like that, you know? Um, nothing nothing too hardcore. Uh, bottom five quarterback with the most top energy. Uh, boy, now I, now I really got to think of just shitty starting quarterbacks. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I feel like, um, okay. has, has a certain TikTok daddy dom vibe. Um, also a very handsome man. Uh, so, yeah. I'll, yeah. I think I'm confident in my answers there. I can't find anything wrong with those answers myself. Um, they're they're very well thought out, and not mine, but they're good. They're good. You did good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take one of my Bills questions here. I'm kind of sequestering them off so that I don't spend forever talking about the Bills. Um, what are re- uh, from good buddy Adam Bojack? Uh, what are reasonable statistical seasons to expect from Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis? Um, I think. I think you might be able to expect a 1,000-yard season from Gabe. Uh, he's He is going to get a lot of touches, um, especially because he's kind of stepping up. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe maybe like a solid 900-yard season with like eight touchdowns feels pretty reasonable. Uh, Knox, I think we might see him just plug right back in where he was last year, something like 600, 700 yards. Knox is a very good player, but I think you're going to see him most in the red zone and blocking, which is what he's best at. Um, so if Knox has another 700-yard season, don't be, like, discouraged that he's not that good because he's very good. And someone's going to way overpay him after this season. I don't know who, uh, but, like, the fucking Jags are going to give Dawson Knox $16 million a year next year. <laughs> I could see that. I absolutely I really see that. It would actually be the Giants, because the Giants have Dable, and they have lots of money to spend. So, yeah. You're going to see the Giants give Dawson Knox three years, 52 mil. And I'll be very happy for him. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my answer there. Um, Victoria stole my answers, to be honest with you. She didn't steal them. I just kind of thought, I don't know, Gabriel Davis looks like... I mean, I, I look at this from a fantasy standpoint, but he looks like someone that could break out. So I could say... It. I could see a thousand yards. Um, he's a Dawson really Knox, good player. Prof- he is like I. He's got. He's very. I thought he ran routes very technical when I saw him play for the Bills. Um. Um. 
Dawson Knox, I don't know, we'll go 600 yards and seven touchdowns. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think that that's like a bad season for him at all. Because again, he is he is kicking ass in the run blocking game. He is very much a real tight end in an era of fake tight ends. So I appreciate that about him. Uh, your pick now, Katie. Uh, Scarlet at WAP. WAP. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Um, asks, with the news this week, re Bush Beans in the SEC, tell us who each conference should be sponsored by and why. Oof. Uh, I have I have one for the Mac right off right off the top of the dome. <laughs> Aldi, Aldi, give me Aldi. Aldi feels perfect for the Mac. Everything is reasonably priced. Uh, you know exactly yeah, what I, you're I, getting. I'll, I'll accept that. You know exactly what you're getting, and um, I feel like Aldi is pretty present in the Mac footprint. So yeah, we'll yeah we'll go with Aldi. Uh, that feels uh-huh. like a cultural fit fit for the. Uh, Germanic Midwest. Why do I feel like the Big Ten should be sponsored by Kroger's? Or Kroger? Sure. Yeah, like that's... It's such a Midwestern store, I guess. Um, not quite Miser, I guess. Actually, no. Change it to Miser. Or Miser. Not, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've never been north, okay? So... <laughs> um, don't hit me. I Don't hit... Don't I, hit me! I think it... <laughs> is it is very funny to me that you consider kroger to be a store of the midwest when everyone where i am from is like oh yeah they have those in fucking kentucky which i guess kentucky could be considered part of the midwest parts of it uh but like hey the little league world series considers it part of the midwest that's a completely random thing that i know for some reason don't ask me how (laughs) Katie has Little League Series <laughs> trivia on lock. I um, do. I was yeah. also going to say the ACC should be sponsored by fucking Cheerwine. Yes. Absolutely. Abs- like, the God. ACC should be sponsored by Cheerwine, because that's obvious. That's a Carolina soda. The Big 12 should be sponsored by Blue Bell Ice Cream. Uh, and the Pac-12 should be sponsored by Estradol Verde. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, uh, because there are a lot of trans people out west. So um, go Estradol. Uh, so I'll take this question from Dingle of Forgotten Gods at S Dingleberries on Twitter. Thank you, Dingle. Uh, would you rather fight a Jonathan Ogden-sized Kyler Murray or 100 Kyler Murray-sized Jonathan Ogdens? Personally, I do not love my chances against 100 Kyler Murray-sized Jonathan Ogdens. I'm right there with you. I would probably fight a Jonathan Ogden-sized Kyler Murray, which is which is very Just, disturbing for me to to even comprehend. <sighs> Kyler Murray, quite so large, like fighting a giant teddy bear. Just Aww. he's so soft. He is. He's so soft, and he would also be a top five bottom quarterback, even oh though he's not God. top five. But whatever. <laughs> Oh god. Um yeah, yeah. Um I think I think seeing someone built exactly like Jonathan Ogden but 5 foot 9 would like deeply deeply disturb me. <laughs> That's just not a, like that just, is just that is that is not how science works. Not a fan. Just, just caked up. Just fucking caked up like nobody's business back there. <laughs> just like a whole bunch of five foot nine sexy Jonathan Ogdens. Oh no! <laughs> so many sexy Jonathan just... Ogdens. Oh my god! Oh dear. Um, part two of Dingle of Forgotten Gods question was also why should listeners join the pod adjacent Discord server? Thank you for the plug, Dingle of Forgotten Gods, that we forget Thank to you. do sometimes. Um, you should join. It's on our Twitter account. Um, come hang out. Uh, we promise that we don't just talk about sexy Jonathan Ogdens. Um, yeah. No, we, but but we do keep but we do talk about sexy Jonathan Ogdens a lot. So yeah, but <laughs> not all the time. Um, good no. lord. Good lord. Okay, Katie, I'm ready for another pick. Okay. Uh, Evan Zinger at Evan Zinger asks, who would be better? Josh Allen at tight end or Lamar Jackson at wide receiver? 
Both would be damn good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I think Allen is better built to handle the wear and tear of the tight end position than Lamar is built to handle the wear and tear of the wide receiver position. Yeah, I can see that. But also, Lamar is just an is just a absurd athlete, so it it would feel stupid to me to suggest that he could not do it. Um, I think both would be great. I think if you had a football team where Josh Allen was your tight end and Lamar Jackson was your wide receiver, you'd be fine. I think I would probably end up picking. Oh, oh God, this is hard. Um, my instinct says Lamar Jackson at wide receiver. Just because, like, I feel like he would be a very versatile speed threat. Yeah. You could also you could also play him in the Percy position. Yeah. You have him taking jet sweeps, like, kind of like Debo was last year. Like, you could do that a lot. You could, you you could do a lot of things with Lamar Jackson. I mean, you could do a lot of things with Josh Allen too. But like, Lamar Jackson could be end up being a top end deep threat in the league if he could actually catch the ball, which. It's tougher than you might think. Um, yeah, I think he could be a, an anti-vax Tyree Kill. <laughs> Donald Trump voting Tyree Kill. Um, oh dear. Um, yeah, I think I think that you've swayed me because even if you put Josh Allen at tight end, he's just a tight end. Imagine throwing Lamar a really well blocked screen, like just nothing the defense can do. Uh, yeah, I'll take yeah. Lamar. I do think Josh Allen would make a hell of a tight end, though. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do I want to? Uh, what am I gonna do here? Um, what's my next pick gonna be? Uh, okay, I'll take another Bills question. Uh, Rob at Lazy Town Seven One Six asks. The James Cook being a difference maker discourse seems a bit overheated to me. I expect him to flash from time to time, but not be transformative in any way. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I feel like that's just about right. I don't think the Bills are going to run the ball enough for him to have, like, I think if you're being very optimistic about how James White projects from college to the NFL, uh, and I am I am certainly not quite this optimistic, is like, well, you know, Alvin Kamara, I guess, uh, in terms of guys who did not have full roles in college sort of transitioning into that full uh role in an nfl offense um i certainly don't expect him to get enough touches for him to have that much of a role i think like maybe like falcons cordero patterson might be more realistic uh in terms of like year one so i think it could be like a really nice player i'm personally not that high on him i think katie probably is a little more high on him than me i am yeah, no, I am. I, I I watched the kid in college. He runs with good power. He's a good pass catching back out of the backfield. He can run routes pretty well, you know, for the limited route tree that they did have him running at Georgia. Um, I don't know. Difference maker is a hard one to quantify because I have to know what a difference maker entails. Like, yeah, that's such a that's such a crowded backfield. That's such a crowded backfield, and I don't really know how you stand out in that sort of mass of, like, just, yeah. I don't know. They got I a think... lot of dudes. And, like, they, yeah. no, they normally only dress two running backs, which means that probably most big Zach Moss is inactive. Great third-round pick, by the way. Um, hard to, hard, it is hard for me to say. I think he'll probably be, I think he'll probably be the, lead back by week eight at latest to me i didn't really love him between the tackles from what i saw at georgia granted i didn't i didn't watch that much of him because evaluating running backs isn't really my bag um but you know what i saw did not like wow me or anything um yeah part two of rob's question was uh, also how long is too long for me to be fully nude if slash when Haas podiums this season well bad news they definitely won't However, no. Ever. if 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 Haas podiums, you can be nude for as long as you want. It's America. Yeah, it's an American team. If if Haas wins a podium, if Haas gets a podium this year, 
I will come on the tuck rule and I will call myself an idiot for doubting the Gunther Steiner master plan, but I'm fairly confident they won't. <laughs> so, yeah, there it is. I, there's just Gene Haas doesn't actually invest in this team at all. Like, no, that's the problem with Haas. Like he puts his name all over the thing, but like, I don't know. It's ran kind of like his NASCAR team where like, well, no, 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 no. No, Stuart Haas is actually pretty good. Um, eh, no, it's ran eh. like Chip Ganassi ran his NASCAR team, where yeah. it was just like an afterthought. Like I don't think that, I don't necessarily think he thinks it's an afterthought per se, but I don't think he invests in the team like he could. If he invested in the team like he could, they'd be a world champion, or at least close to it. Like especially with the budget cap now, but like. That team's probably never going to podium. They'll probably end up being bought out in a couple years' time anyways by either Andretti or someone else. So you're going to be waiting a long time. But if they do podium, um, approximately three days, four hours, 27 minutes, and 36 seconds is how long uh, you should be fully nude for so that yeah i think that's a tasteful amount of time to be fully nude um i think it's your turn for a poll here sean at sean mcd 15 asks what's the best sporting event you've ever watched live it doesn't have to be in person just something you watched as it happened i would also ask for the worst but i'm just assuming that's brown six bills three uh yeah that might be the case for me Actually, that's not true, because I watched the 2013 Daytona 500 in full, and uh, <laughs> that was a wretched sporting event. If you know, you know. Um, yeah, that that was a shitty race. Um, what is what is your answer here? Uh, my answer, the best sporting event I've ever watched live as it happened. From a Homer perspective, this game happened um, either before you were born or just after you were born. Um, oh great so yeah uh so i remember this game very clearly it's tennessee versus arkansas in 1998 where arkansas fumbles the ball by slipping on the turf with like two minutes left tennessee recovers goes down the field wins the game and ends up winning a national championship because of that so that would be my best one if i were going live as in live as in in person it would actually be a high school basketball game. Sure. Um, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So Oak Hill came to town one time to play a high school here called Bearden. And, and that was, they were scalping tickets for like 30 bucks a piece outside of that game. Um, it was nuts. Um, Victoria, what's yours? Uh, I haven't really been to a particularly great sporting event live. Uh, I went to see World of Outlaws last summer in in uh in ransomville new york that was fucking incredible that was probably the most fun i've ever had was watching world of outlaws sprint cars that was it that was damn fun um in terms of like the best quality sporting event that i've ever watched live um hmm. okay i'm i'm gonna give you a big three because i can't pick one i'm gonna say super bowl 42 okay Super Bowl 42, you got the 10 and 6 Giants upsetting the 18 and 0 Patriots. I was a I was a young child, but I lost an iPod over that fucking game. <laughs> Wait, what? I lost an iPod over that game. I bet an iPod and I lost. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I was I was I was a fucking gambler child, okay? <laughs> Good for you. Um yeah, uh, I just hated the shit out of the Patriots, and I've always been a hater, so I was I was absolutely thrilled. And that game was really good. Um, it was. The second poll will be the Vikings-Saints um, playoff game that ended in the Stefan Diggs touchdown. Minneapolis miracle. Goddamn, what a game that was. Like, all the way through, uh, including the ending. Wow. Um, I also happened to be out at dinner with my family at a Italian restaurant with televisions on the walls while that was happening. So I was in a room with a lot of people who were all losing their shit. Um, so yeah, that was <laughs> pretty great. And my third, uh, the 2007 Daytona 500, which has just an absurd ending that still breaks my heart to this very day. Mark Martin 
losing it at the line to Kevin Harvick. Um, very sad, but also mm-hmm. what a goddamn finish uh, to uh, Daytona 500. Um, yeah, that's my answer. Katie, how many more do you want to take here? Um, let's both do one more. At T.S. Soloic, I'm sorry if I absolutely butchered your name. Do y'all have opinions on the fair catch, free kick, or other NFL kicking rule? Friend, do I. Do I ever. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I think the fair catch, free kick rocks. And I honestly... Absolutely. I understand why we don't see it more. In in how many situations does it actually make sense to try it? For those who don't know, I guess, because there's probably a chance that you don't know how this works. Um, so on a kickoff, you know, after a score or to open the game or open the half, anyone on the receiving team can call for a fair catch when they recover the ball. And when that happens, the team that receives it has a option to attempt what's called a free kick in which um, you sort of line up like you would on a kickoff, but there is no rush from the defense, but you can attempt to kick it through the uprights for three points. And because there's no rush, you can take a ton of approach steps and therefore hypothetically hit it from deeper. Um, You see this once every few years in the NFL like Mason Crosby almost hit one from like 70 yards out. Um, Phil Dawkins, I believe attempted one maybe like five or six years ago. This is one of my favorite holdovers from like the old fashioned days of football, you know, like mm-hmm. from, yeah, the we did one on 1900s. there. Yeah. Yeah. The Siwa the Sawani episode. Yeah. That, <laughs> yep. yeah. that had a bunch of fair catch free kicks. Uh, I love that. Much like the drop kick, it is one of these weird vestigial tales that like modern football has because no one's bothered to go back through the rule book and sort of like scrub them out. But like teams don't do them anymore because why would you, um, Katie? I I, I actually yeah. don't know. Um, does does modern college football have a fair catch free kick? I honestly have no idea. It does not. It does not. So what, what ended up happening is when they. Yeah, so what ended up happening is when the rule book was changed a few years back, and when I say a few years back, it was probably when I was like five. Um, what ended up happening is the free, the fair catch free kick was actually phased out. Um, because what had happened is, is that I believe, and I'm trying to remember this exactly correctly. Um, I would probably need to Google it to get it exactly right. But at one point, there was a fair catch free kick in college football, obviously, because our Sewanee episode had it in spades, probably. But what ended up happening is, I believe either the fair the fair catch got phased out, or the idea of a free kick got phased out. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the idea of um, a fair catch was brought back, what ended up happening is they didn't put that back in the rule book. Um, so it's not in the college football rule book. It should be. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, I I have one rule that I love from Canadian football that I think should be added, yes. and I think we should have a rouge. Yes. We should have absolutely have a rouge. Okay. Because oh, then the kicking game matters. Oh, oh come on, Katie. Then the like, kicking game already? really starts to matter. Like, it doesn't already? Yeah, well, it, it starts to really matter, okay? Because if you can punt the ball in the end zone, you know, like four or five times a game, that's five extra points that you wouldn't score. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times that a fucking rouge has made a difference when watching Canadian football. Canadian football also has the really funny rule of, um, and I know this was an nfl focus question, but I'm going to take it off uh, off-road for a minute. Canadian football, I believe, has a rule where you can still, like, kick it, like, forward and recover it like rugby, which I love. I love that that's still a thing in Canadian football. Nobody does it for very obvious reasons, but you can do it still. What I love about the Rouge in Canadian football, which, if you don't know, what the Rouge is, is let's say that a team is attempting a field goal and the kicker misses it to the left. 
um, if the ball touches the end zone, goes out the back of the end zone, whatever, um, then the kicking team gets one single point as opposed to three for hitting a field goal. But if the defending team manages to recover the ball and get it out of the end zone, then the rouge is denied. So then you will occasionally have these very goofy moments in which in which you will have teams sending kickout units on during crucial field goals so that if the field goal is missed, the defending team will have a kicker on the field so that way they can kick the ball out to deny the rouge and <laughs> you get you get some very wacky scenarios from that um uh, there was a very famous i think it's the argos and the alouettes um that was yep that's decided it. on a very dramatic kick out scenario um watching it without understanding how the rouge works you absolutely think that it's just like wacky races rules football. You're like, what is, what is, <laughs> nothing here matters. This is all garbage. Um, so yeah, <laughs> because it's garbage, I love it. Um, I'm going to end us off here on, uh, on a, on a fun question, uh, from Devlin at slat with like eight A's or something on Twitter. Um, <laughs> who would ask us to give our top five rants in, in sports history. I don't have five off the dome, uh, but let's just mention one or two each of our, of our like favorite rants uh, could be in any context, I guess. So I don't know if I have a top five per se. Um, I think Mike Leach's fat little girlfriend's rant is kind of legendary. I wouldn't say uh -huh. it's good, especially nowadays, given that I am a fat little girl now. <laughs> her fat little girlfriend now but um yeah that's one that i can remember um they are who we thought they were that's obviously one um obviously the mike gundy one too i mean uh nick can uh nick saban's uh shit through a tin horn rant yes. is also pretty good <laughs> absolutely that's one of my favorites um do you have any non-football um, ones because I'm trying to think of some wacky ones. Non-football ones. Uh, Jose Mourinho saying that he's the special one is always <laughs> a good one. I mean, I mean, I know we did a, I know that it's soccer, but I remember that one. Um, practice. The, I mean, obviously the fucking practice rant by Alan Iverson is. I don't know if this counts, but I would like to submit the. They low down, they dirty, they some snitches. Uh, YouTube video, which I, which was not done by any by a coach or an athlete, but I would consider my personal favorite sports rant. Um, it's God perfect. It. I love it. it. I am always thinking about him describing Neyland Stadium as looking like a garbage truck worker convention. That is that God is one of the it. funniest burns I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, huh. that's that's got to be one for me. Other than that, I think you hit most of the iconic ones that I would turn to. Um, yeah, the Gundy one, pretty 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 perfect, I would say. And he's old now, so that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man. I, I'm a man. I'm like fifty six. Is he now? He. Uh, somewhere around there, fifty-five, fifty-six. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take Jimbo's recent rant on, in which he bravely defends Texas A&M's honor against the the dastardly Nick Saban. I'll take that one. That one was pretty great. Oh God! I also remember Jimbo Fisher um challenging a fan in the stands to come fight him, which that was. Oh, I yeah. don't know if that's a rant, but come down here and I'll whip your asses. Um, it's quintessentially Appalachian, and it's it's phrasing like, come down here and I'll whip your ass! Like, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Um, that was a mailbag episode, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we couldn't quite get to everyone, but, uh, you know, we got 
we got a decent haul of questions here, and we tried to get to as many of them as we could. Um, I think we're going to end up doing an episode next week. Not totally sure what exactly we're going to be doing yet, but uh, yeah, football football's almost here, folks. Um, so that means that we'll probably be back more regularly. Yay. And preview stuff next month. So that'll be fun. Katie, where can the people find you online? Um, I am at Kates of Heaven on Twitter. Um, now with a thousand and fifteen followers. That's right. Sauce. Let's go. Let's fucking not enough. go. Not, not nearly enough. You know, I have to be humble for my loyal fans. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, no, no. Um, yeah, so, and I'm on Saturday Blitz writing things as normal about Memphis, and I'll probably have a UAB preview coming out soon, and yeah, I, I'm I'm a busy girl. Anyways, Victoria, where can the people find you? Same place as always, at Dirtbag Queer on Twitter, doing the same thing, um, hanging out. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything other than that that I'd be up to online. Uh, you can follow the show account at TuckRulePod on Twitter um, for your various show news and updates. If you were following the account, you would have known that we had a mailbag coming today. You could have you could have submitted a question. Dave, I know you're listening to this. Dave? Yeah. Tuck your shirt in, buddy. Bitch. Tuck your shirt in. Also, don't listen to this at work. Do your job. Um, actually, don't do your job, Dave. Yeah, the tuck, the tuck roll is pro-time theft. Absolutely. Uh, and we would be honored to know that you'd steal time listening to our podcast. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It does actually very seriously help us out in the algorithm. Sacrifice your rating to the algorithm for our <laughs> gain. Serve us. We don't have any new reviews to read, but if you do leave a review, we'll leave it, or we will read it out uh allowed on the podcast you can make us say goofy shit yeah i think we mentioned the discord server before but we're in there we're talking about football and we're not all jerks so that's fun uh anything else katie no i think that's about it cool uh then uh why don't you get us out of here uh shane matthews eats bussy